Hello, I'm the host Elise, and on the Explore Your Core podcast, we delve inwards to explore ideas around passion, purpose, and persistence. Yeah, no problem at all. Do you mind giving a little bit of run through of what the last couple of years have looked like for you? Oh, the the last couple of years have been really, really good. Definitely very difficult, but um, yeah, really rewarding. It sort of started. I, I stopped once I had my my eldest daughter. Started training, started running. And, uh, and cleaned up my diet and everything, and it really went from there. Uh, and then eventually, I, uh, I bought a sailboat and moved on board with my two daughters, and we sailed from Fremantle down south and then all the way up to Darwin over the course of about two years. Oh my God, that's insane. What do you feel like the hardest part of that transition was? Oh, <laughs> God. I mean, I, I hadn't sailed before, so I learned to sail with the kids. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I literally, I took the boat out on my own once with my brother. And we just went out of the marina, motored in a circle and came back in. And then after that, I just, um, I, I, I learned to sail with the kids on board. Wow. And did you ever question your choices around it? Was that a bit of a, oh my gosh, is this, like, oh, what have oh, I done? Oh, yeah. Con- consistently for like the next probably the, only the last six months I stopped questioning what I'd done while we were at, actually up in the Kimberley but before that like I strapped a, a car seat into the um, I strapped Isla into a car seat that I'd bolted into the cockpit of the boat and uh, we left from Fremantle and and just started sailing north. Wow and what what do you reckon kept you going when you were like questioning it? There was a lot of things Previously, that were uh, that were a lot more confronting. Even though mm. when we sailed out of Fremantle, we were greeted by about thirty-five knots of wind, four meter seas, and you know we're just in this tiny little sailboat. So as the night fell, the wind picked up as it as it seemed to do on that on that side of the coast. And I just use a red light to check the kids and everything. So I've got these gigantic mountain waves coming from behind. Mm. And then the girls are fast asleep inside and I check them with a red light and I was just like, what on earth is going on? Mm. But I think I think probably realistically what actually kept me pursuing and kept me going through a lot of the um a lot of the things that were that made the trip really difficult was um having done a lot of ultra running beforehand. Uh mm. it's surprising how much of that actually transfers over because you have to have a mindset of you know the pain and the um and the uncertainty like it will pass it will go and sometimes you just got to sit there for 15 hours and cop it mm, isn't it interesting what it does <laughs> i'm a runner as well and it's just like it makes you realize that even with everything else that goes on in life it's just like okay we're just gonna persevere we're gonna sit through it it doesn't need to be comfortable it's not gonna be nice but it's just like gives you this ability to like ride out the hard times without just like pulling the pin and thinking you can't do it oh yeah a a lot of the time you don't have to do anything you just have to sit there and keep doing what you're doing and shut your mind off and that's all and it'll take care of itself you know yeah and I feel like we have the ability to get through a lot like if we just sit with it like we really have the ability to go so much further than we think and it's just yeah I guess that ultra running is not the enjoyable part of the running that you get when you do some small distances but it just shows you what you can put up with and get through. Yeah, it's incredible because the more the more often you do it as well, the further you take it, the, the further you realise you can take it and then you get left in this position where it's like, well, if I could do all these things that I, I didn't think was possible, you know, <laughs> where's, where's the limit? Like where do you stop? So now I've got this, you know, this belief that I can do, you know, whatever I want to really. 
um, providing it you know, makes sense logically, then, um, then everything else should fall into place. It's pretty contagious, hey? The momentum it gives you when you start doing hard things or things that, that challenge you, then you're like, oh, well, if I can do something I didn't think I could do, like what i guess yeah oh, what yeah. is my limit is that something that you're trying to find out yeah and and even just just persevering through things like it's like well i can sit through that i can stick it through that and you know after a few years of living like that then you realize you've got this enormous catalog of things that either terrified you or i mean in my case like literally terrified me the added stress with the kids and everything and uh yeah, I think you, you end up with a whole catalog of things that um, that you can look back on and, and it gives you a lot, a lot to base your opinions on. Yeah, 100%. And do you feel like you had already gone through a lot of hard times that made the ultra running easier or was ultra running your first kind of experience of like persevering through pain? Oh, yeah, no, that was probably the first. I'm a bit cooked. Um, <laughs> you know, like I started, I started running, I did the – I did a twenty-five, a twenty-one k, and then three weeks later, I signed up for a fifty, and that was, and I <laughs> completed it as well in about eight hours. But that was like the literally the start of my running. Yeah, and it just escalated from there. And like you said, like a bit addictive. You know, you realise how far you can you can push it. And I guess I'm I'm sort of yeah built a little bit that way of trying to push the boundaries. Yeah, that's kind of your drive, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good solution as well when things are um, things aren't really going the way that you necessarily want them to go. It's like, well, I can go out and smash this, and and no one can stop me, sort of thing. And uh, and it's, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think it's just a, a really good good way of finding some achievement when things aren't you know working out in other areas. Yeah, and I think we always are pretty driven to feel a bit of like yeah achievement or purpose or whatever it is, even if it's not like a tangible thing I think it really fills the cup of being able to be rewarded or like make progress yeah definitely yeah absolutely one foot in front of the other and then you get this amazing thing at the end yeah yeah and do you feel like your relationship with like running and adrenaline and ambitious things have always been healthy or is that something that you've had to kind of tone back or find the balance between oh that's a really good question I would say yes like I've tried to you know, regulate it a bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I've got this 100 miler uh, in a few days and I just, you know, being on the boat, I haven't got the training for it. Um, and I'm, mm. I'm quite certain that that's not going to be a healthy endeavour. But, um, you know, I'm going to go and have fun anyway. So, yeah, I think I think having a, a good balance of it, of what you can manage is, is probably important. But I, um, yeah, I'm still figuring that one out, I think. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Tell us a bit more about the run. Where is it? And I guess what have you? What's your mindset going into it? Um, it's the Delirious West hundred miler. There's a two hundred miler as well, but I'm just doing the hundred. Just the hundred, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, these, there's these weapons. I actually tried this event um, a few years back and made it halfway, but that was like, I think I've been running for about a year, so I made it halfway, and I just didn't understand the kind of pain that you could put yourself in. And um, and I learnt very quickly how bad it can get. But, mm. yeah, so, so I'll be back for the, the 100 mile, which is actually the second half, which would be cool. And um, mindset going into it, I think I'm just, um, I'm just there for a good time, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I said, like I haven't got the, the training that I, I probably needed and I normally would have done if I was, um, if I was on land. But um, I've done what I can and a lot of um, – a lot of strength work as well on my legs. So see if we can make it to the end. 
Yeah, yeah, best of luck. And can you tell us a bit more about boat life? Like what's kind of like if you can paint a picture of your day-to-day and, and how that's factored in with um, the girls? Oh, well, it's funny because it's changed so much as we've continued on. You know, like when we mm-hmm. left, it was such a steep learning curve. It was horrendous, you know. And we um, we got caught in some bad weather and, you know, we got good weather, but the, you remember the bad ones. Um, yeah. And although there is risk involved in that, you know, I think we've, we've mitigated a lot of it now. Um, and the girls, honestly, they love it and they've – they don't know any different. Like Isla didn't, we got back to Perth just recently and Isla didn't remember, she didn't remember much about the sailing club, which was when we moved on. She was one when we moved on to the boat. So, um, yeah, we sailed out of there when she was, yeah, just just turned one. But, um, you know, because I think I've never panicked in front of them, they're, they're happy. They, um, they love yeah. it. Yeah, that's incredible. How do you feel like that's? influence the way they're going to live their life or perceive the world jeez i'll go i'll go back a step because my, my mind was on still on the last question and yeah. just at how it's changed yeah. as we've gone like once we got up to Exmouth, um that's when we really sort of came into our own and um we got a lot of experience out in the montebellos which uh which is is actually where we're going to end up end up going back to but um, as we've spent more time and things have gone on, we've just really slotted into into that way of life and, you know, mm. overcome some wicked hurdles. Like like I've learned how to how to fix diesel motors like to a large extent and, and so many other systems as well just because uh, there's no other way to do it. And the girls have adapted like Hallie drives the tinny. That's a, a 15 horsepower motor on a, on a four-metre tinny that we tow. And... Um, yeah, you know, we just we just just tear around the islands and spearfish, and <laughs> so good. we've spent months and months and months in the Montes and three and a half months in the Kimberley. It's uh, I, I I desperately miss it. I've been back in Perth for six weeks, and uh, and I, I really miss it a lot. And so do the girls. Mm. But um, as far as shaping the way that they view things, my God, um. Yeah, I just uh, – it's funny coming back to Perth and seeing how everything's very similar to when we left and, and mm. how people live and the added pressures, you know. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy for a lot of people. Like, everything's so expensive and a lot of people are really struggling. Um, but I hope that, that doing what we're doing the way that we're doing it will um, – you know, the girls will get to experience a – you know, really get to experience life and, and for those early stages, I hope it'll, it'll change everything about the way they view things because there really is like another, there is another way to do things. Like you don't have to be anchored into, you know, one job, one house, you know, paying through the nose for things. Like there, there, there's other options and there's other ways to live and, and there's so much beauty in it as well. So I really hope that the girls appreciate and understand the beauty that's in the world even if there's you know it's so easy to focus on the negative that they'll they'll know that there's this other side that's freaking amazing you know Mm, absolutely and I think that's such a beautiful thing that they get to see such a different reality because I think it's so easy like when you know like I've grown up in the suburbs it's very like normal to just you know school like high school uni work and that's just the way and it's almost like 
at a large scale that's just how it is and then you start to realize and see people and find out other people have lived life a little differently and then like yeah. you know people like you have done it very differently that it's just as possible well, to be able to do it that way there's no reason to not that's half the problem is just understanding that that anything is possible like if you you, you can do whatever you want to do um and a lot of it you know it doesn't have to be this insurmountable task that you that you give up on you know like there's just um other ways to to view the world yeah I, I think so and I think a lot of people get quite scared of trying to do it differently not knowing if it's going to work out or or what may come from and I think that's really inspiring even seeing your journey and taking kids on the boat to just know you can really do it quite differently and it just shows you I guess a different way of perceiving the world and really connecting with what matters and like it scares me for the kids growing up these days just how overwhelming it is of like choice and things that are grabbing our attention and options and pressures that is yeah. pretty far removed from what really does matter. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it freaks me out as well. So if I can create a base for them to go from, so that I mean, eventually they're going to, they're going to be in amongst all of that. Um, hopefully they've got enough of a base and, and like enough of a catalog of things that they've done that they can, they can take that with them and, and see it from a bit of an outside perspective but mm. yeah, it is tricky, and and that is half the battle is uh is just knowing that that you can do it. So yeah, a hundred percent. And did you find that hard for you to start making the decisions to go more an alternative route? No, no, because I'm 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 very um I'm pretty damn decisive. I, I can't even explain the insanity of the way that we've managed to pull things off and the way that things have come together. Like I didn't realize that you could live in this area where things just worked out. Like mm. most of the time when you're living in a house, like everything's really structured. And I think that's what people, why people are drawn to that, that kind of lifestyle is it's really structured. You go to work and you pay your bills and you, you know, you have power and water, but if you throw all that up in the air, like I didn't know that you could take it that close to the line and, mm. and everything still works out. Like you just, you, you put yourself in a position where you have to make it work. So then, and I don't know if this would actually suit a lot of people. Like I think there's definitely a lot of people who couldn't or, or wouldn't want to live that close on the line to things like really not working. Um, but for me, when you, I mean, I, I don't even know what the, it would the things that have worked out for us have just been so insane as the, the probability of them actually happening. And, and time and time again, it's just like every single time something comes through, something comes through again and again and again. And it, it's, been, it's been crazy. Yeah, and it's just like a next level amount of trust where you're like this, I'm not sure will actually work out, but I'm like trusting in the process. It's almost like you just hand over yourself. You know, you give it up and you hand over and you can actually – get so oh. much more trust than you would have thought you could have had. Yeah, but it's it's things as well. Like so that the when we were deep in the Kimberley, the engine mounts blew and um, it meant that the engine was side on to the shaft. And if you if you keep running it like it'll snap the shaft and you've got no motor, which is it's not oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> like, not ideal. <laughs> we'd we'd be leaving the boat there until we could try and, you know, find some way of getting fixed, but there's there's no way of getting out there. It's um yeah, it's crazy. But what I ended up doing was, you know, with talking to a couple of people, I, um, I, I tied ropes around the mounts and then I put another rope onto the top of the engine block and then pulled that up onto a winch. And then I would, as we were motoring, 
you know, you're still getting rocked by the waves, so that's putting pressure on the, the shaft again. But depending on the revs of the motor, I would adjust the tension of the this freaking rope. And, yeah, we sailed 200 miles like that. And then I managed to, through talking to someone, I managed to get new mounts brought down on a barge, but we had to make that 200 miles in a couple of days. Yeah, and with the, with the tides and the currents, it's, it's really tricky to, to manage that. Um, I sailed a whole night with no depth sounder, which is you know, a lot of this stuff's all uncharted. So I kept checking the satellite images to make sure we weren't, um, you know, running into a into an uncharted reef during the night. And yeah, got the mounts, fixed the fixed the motor, and then ended up motoring for four days across the Bonaparte Gulf. And for it all to line up is just um, just really improbable. Does that does that bring in an element of like spirituality to you then, or is that just something like you just don't know how that that happens? Um, I think I think you can just really you can do so much more than you think, and and if you if you're determined enough, like you can you can work these problems out. Our, our life has been very much very improbable the last couple of years. I think that was the, the word I was trying to find earlier. Yeah, yeah. I guess as well as things are already pretty improbable. It's something you can just keep bouncing off. Like, there's nothing I can find that's predictable that I enjoy. It's just like something you just learn to live off and be comfortable with. Oh yeah, I've absolutely, I've absolutely stuffed myself for life now. Like, there's, there's no going back after this. <laughs> yeah, and even, even being in Perth and and you know slotting back into that structure, like I'm getting a bit of um casual work to try and fix the boat, and it's really hard to stomach. And, and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, like it probably really, really suits people. It's definitely not a lifestyle for everyone, but um, it works for us and, and, God, it's so much fun. Like, yeah, best in my, out of my, my entire life, it's the best two years that I've ever, that I've ever, like it just keep, things just keep getting better. And it's not like we're, you know, we're not making money and we've probably got less than we ever had, but it's just so good. And so, so good spending that time with my kids because they're, um, it's becoming very apparent that they are growing older and they're not always going to be around, you know. So, like, they'll end up moving out and, and living their own lives. And But at this stage, they're saying that they're both going to own boats and we're all going to go sailing together. Mm. Sounds like, <laughs> yeah, very rich in experience. And um, it's crazy how you, yeah, you can't really take anything for granted, like, especially kids. Like, they grow so quick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I see these people saying, oh, all my kids are in full-time school now, like, you know, stay-at-home parenting, like mum's saying that their stay-at-home parenting days are over. And, like, I, I understand that's a huge thing to let go of because, you you, you know, these these parents have completely given everything into having, you know, raising young kids. And then when that's that, you know, that stage moves forward, it's, um yeah, it's going to be hard. So... Yeah, I just hope the girls still want to come spearfishing with dad. And I'm sure yeah, they I will. I don't know if they'll trust me to look after their kids or not, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> might, might um take them with you on another adventure. Yeah, what, like, Dad? Bring my kids back. <laughs> Sorry, we're <laughs> <laughs> gone. Yeah. Uh, isn't that interesting? I find it interesting this hearing um perspective because I feel like that's almost why I started the podcast. I feel like yeah, there's some people really suited for house and nine to five and that like style of work it like it works for them and that's awesome but then there's also like me included people that are just itching for something a little different or a little more and it's really hard to navigate going against that grain or like creating your own path 
That yeah, definitely. Like that's maybe and, you too. and there's there's also possibly you know a lot of people are able to do more because they you know they they work hard and they have um they have good careers you know that may even afford them especially business owners you know they might afford they might that might afford them to be able to do a lot more with their time you know so there's so many different ways to go about doing it I think but you know just I think you you got to work out what you what your means are and, and what you can do within that. Yeah, and I think it's good to just bring awareness to different ways that are possible to then find the lifestyle that suits you best if you're someone that like really likes to you know challenge the norm and be live in the unknown or like whatever it is I think you know having just the one style of living that we seem to have quite common doesn't fit everyone and it's just like trying to find the way that works for you best yeah well I guess that's that's the thing is that if you're feeling trapped then it's it's probably not working is it yeah but it's also scary. What's the alternative if you know what you know? Oh. And don't know what you don't know. It's just that, like, nah, just just terrifying. bloody throw it in the air and see what happens. I <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. saying saying that though, you know, it's really easy for me to say this. Like looking back on it, you know, because we've this is the first time we've actually had a break from the boat. Um, but there has been multiple times when I've been out in it, and I've just thought, like, I don't know that I would recommend this to to most people just because. Yeah, you know, I think you've really got to, your heart's really got to be in it for the, the way that, you know, that we're living. But I mean, you know, if you're a couple and you've got kids, like it, it's a totally different ball game. You know, you can, you can, you can get, you know, casual work when you get to places, you know, you, you can, you've got so much more available if, um, if you're a couple doing it or, or even just single, a single person doing it, you know, you can pull up into a town and all these rural towns need, they need employees. So it's really easy to pick stuff up as you go and, yeah. Yeah, there's always there's always an option. I think I feel the same. Like I wouldn't necessarily recommend everyone to do like as I'm an artist, I wouldn't recommend everyone to do art. I don't think that's like suited for everyone, but I think it's really important for people to follow what it is that they do love to do. Whatever yeah, that definitely. is. Like no, you know, I'm not gonna you know, you might not say everyone should like sail a boat for two years, but well, my, my thing with that is that I just I wouldn't want to be responsible if someone yeah. stuffed up. You know, <laughs> no, it clearly sounds like there's a lot of, of risk and um, problem solving and learning on the go. So yeah, you oh, there is, yeah, there there is so much potential for to stuff the whole thing up, you know. But I don't think that should be something to stop you because it, yeah, even if it's if it's not sailing or whatever, it doesn't matter if you stuff it up. Just like keep going and get amongst it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where from here? Like, are you going back into the boat? Are you still moving around? What are your plans? Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. I, I can tell you what I won't be doing, and that's going back to land. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Been there, done that? Yeah. And it, it was so hard getting through the Kimberley, right? But the first thing I'm going to do when I get back to the boat is fix it up and head straight back into the Kimberley. And we're going to go, we're going to sail, I think it's about a 1,000 nautical miles all the way back to Dampier, which is near Karatha. And then we'll resupply. I mean, obviously we'll resupply on the way, but and then it's going to be back out to the Monty. So I want to do another uh, another Christmas in the Mont, well, cyclone season in the, Mont- the Montebello Islands. So that's the plan. And just spear fishing every day, homeschool the kids. I can get supplies brought out to the islands and just um, make a ton of videos. That sounds amazing. Yeah, should be good. And then I guess yeah, we'll just we'll just keep. We'll probably head back up and then keep going around to the east coast. Who knows? Yeah. So life on the boat's kind of how how it's looking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like it's not your everyday that you talk to someone who just like doesn't live on land. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I just I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's very suited to me. Like knowing what I know now about myself, I understand why um, why I had a lot of problems in school because it was, um, you know, just just not uh, not built for me. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you're finding the lifestyle that bloody suits you well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. We just um, we're just ironing out a lot of the kinks now and, and getting the boat, you know, working really efficiently. But um, yeah. It's it is what it is. We'll we'll do this for as long as we can, and then at some point, I guess, uh, if I haven't figured something out in the meantime, which I'm really working hard to do, yeah, we might uh, ha- have to you know take on something that re- resembles a bit more of a, a normal life. I think. No, I reckon you'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I've got a few. I've got a few tricks up my sleeve yet, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll be I'll be fighting it tooth and nail. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah. I got another question for you. What do you feel like? I guess some of the lessons that being out in the oceans taught you. What's like the biggest? Some of the biggest ones. For me personally, like this wouldn't you know necessarily apply to to other people, hmm. but for me, you re- you really can persevere through just about just about anything. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, being in, in an environment that's that's so uh, it's so fluid, literally. But it uh, it really is. Like nothing is consistent, and nothing is um, nothing stays the same. And and for me, I've found that how I was living before is more of a fabrication of security because it's it's all it's all structured in a way that that um, that gives people the sense of you know, things are going to be the same. I can rely on that. I can predict on that. You throw that into the wind and you can thrive in this area where nothing's predictable. Everything changes. And depending on which way the wind's blowing and what the tide's doing and, you know, it depends on where you're going to sleep that night. It's been so valuable to me in that way, just just understanding that I can, I can thrive in that kind of an, an environment. And also that these experiences, I think, that I'm sharing with my kids because it's still blows me away that I'm actually responsible for um, for two kids and especially doing it on my own as I'm like, these are two childhoods that I, I'm responsible for mm. and I'm, I'm 32 now. So it's just a lot to stomach a lot of the time. But I just think there's nothing else I can do. It's the most important thing that I'm probably ever going to do in my life and there's a very good chance that it will be the, the best days of my life. And... Um, you know, I'm going to share that with my girls and and just being able to be out there every day with them is, you know, even though I, you know, I crack the shits and I yell at them and, and all the rest of it, but I think that bond is probably the most important thing I'll do. So everything else is kind of secondary to that for me. Mm, that sounds very precious. Do you feel like you had much, like, fear from people when you were speaking that this was going to happen or, like, what was the response like? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what people said when I wasn't there, but um, <laughs> I, I did hear a lot. Like there was even there were some people at the, the sailing club, I think a few people voiced some concerns, but um, here we are. <laughs> yeah, didn't but, stop uh, You know, like I didn't tell people the whole, the whole thing straight away. I just said, oh, look, financially it actually works out really well and we're just, you know, we'll do small trips out of Fremantle. So I think I ease people into it a fair bit. There's definitely some people that, uh, that thought it's never going to happen. You, I think you can't do that is a, um, is a big one, which is just like, 
man, don't say that stuff to me. Oh, if, if you want me to do something, tell me you can't do that. It's like I'll go and <laughs> just, yeah, counterproductive on, on their part. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty wild. And I think a lot of people couldn't um, understand what I had planned. And that's the beauty of having these YouTube videos that I'm putting out is that, you know, I can't even explain to people what it's like. You know, when I, when I tell people stories, like since I've been back, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But, you know, putting it into those videos is I can try and portray, you know, like how it's um, – what it's been like out there because there's no other real way of, it, uh, of getting the message across. Yeah, it's like beyond words to be able to capture, I guess, what it is. And I don't well, think anyone the, will ever be able to understand. No, it's, it's, the, it's the sheer amount of time. Like you can tell a story, right, but you can't tell a story that lasted for, for 18 hours or something like that. Like there's been nights where we've, um, you know, I've sailed through the night and there's the phosphorescence in the, in the water. Oh. So the boat slips through the water and you have this trail of like, it's like from Moana, like the, the space yeah. dust coming off the back of the boat. Then you've got a, a sky full of the most insane stars and you just see satellites and shooting stars. And, like, we even, when we came around the Gulf of Exmouth, I woke Hallie up at 2 a.m., right, middle of the night, and we went up the front of the bow because I'd heard a blowhole. And I ran in, got her, and we're we clipped on up the front at 2 a.m. in the morning, like, no land in sight, phosphorescence in the water. Mm. And we had pods of, of eight, uh, we had a, a pod of about eight or nine dolphins. Get out. And you couldn't see them, but you could see them glowing because they were stirring up the phosphorus, you know, it, it reacts to the movement. So they had these big trails behind them, like probably, you know, five or six metre trails, and they're all zipping and dodging and, and swimming over each other. And there was so much luminescent, these luminescent um, organisms in the water that I could see the dolphins turn upside down and show their bellies. But, the, you know, you're only seeing the glowing. You're not seeing the actual dolphin itself because it's, it's, there's no moon, it's dark. You know, it's just very, very hard to try and get that. And then, like, there's all the whale encounters and we, you know, we got chased by about maybe, like, maybe 10 or 12 fully grown humpback whales. Oh, my God. Yeah, like they formed a flying V and then they're, they're diving underneath the boat and, you know, and it, it was terrifying but um, just incredible at the same time. That sounds like magic. Yeah, yeah, we've seen. Oh, yeah, we've seen a lot of stuff, and it, it's you know, we just sit sit forever and, and and try and go through it all and unpack it all. But it's just, I think you know, that's what you get when it's when you're doing it consistently and it's it's day in day out. So it's some pretty um pretty amazing memories, I think, already. Yeah, absolutely, and I think like as well, it's hard to capture because you like like becomes your every day of being able to experience it that like a photo or sharing a story won't ever be able to capture like I even just found I did a, a hike for a couple of weeks and I just I found that, that. <laughs> I just found though it interesting because it, people are like oh show me a photo I'm like, but it doesn't it's not ever gonna a photo can't capture a journey like I can show you where maybe one of the summits was or like here's me on a hot day but it doesn't ever translate to oh this was 24 hours of this yeah. experience of these feelings <laughs> that just yeah you didn't no way to show that <laughs> you didn't feel that and then like you moved on or like you know the feeling went away it's like you're sitting in that for because how long was the total trip it was wasn't it was a 350 kilometers yeah 330 yeah yeah right and how long were you out there for like 17 days 
Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's not that's not a um, like an endeavor that's over quickly. (laughs) 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 And it's just just constant opportunities to um, to to pack it all in, you know. But that's yeah, it's incredible. And that was from um, Kosciuszko to Bright, was it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's definitely given me a glimpse into people who do kind of the long expedition journey stuff. Like, I feel like it was just you know, it's just the beginning, but it's like. I really have an appreciation and understanding of what it means to fully let go of your reality and enter another one and that be your reality for a while. Like that was a crazy thing. I think at the time it felt fairly normal. Like, yep, today I'm just walking. And if I did bump into someone, not that I really did, but you know, they're just walking as well. It became normal, but it wasn't until like I finished that I was like, whoa, I guess that was quite a different way to be living, but it just really shows how, I don't know, just like what it's like to fully let go of what you know. Yeah, well, because, you know, when you're trying to achieve something like that, there's there's nothing else that you can do. Like you, you have to break it down into like those moments that are in front of you. And I find that like if you were to tell people that you're going to go do 330 kilometres, you know, through the mountains, like that is, is it, you know, a lot of people can't wrap their heads around that. But if you go, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, like right now I'm going to walk the next 10Ks and then the next 10Ks and then, you know, those um, you have to break it down to what's actually in front of you because the whole thing is just you know, it's too much to to really, I think stomach or not stomach, but I think the whole thing is probably too much um to break down all in one go. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what also really helped was just being around like-minded people that do similar things that made me think like, oh, this is pretty on par with you know what other people are doing, and this is, it just doesn't seem like such a a big thing when I can I'm around it so often of people doing similar things oh definitely that's actually like I reckon that's actually one of the a really good tool like if you're trying to break out of what you're what you're doing find people that who are ahead of you and I, mean, I guess that takes yeah. a bit of humility as well but you know one of the things with running is I, I end up meeting a bunch of lunatics who were um, you know far better running than me and they they actually they weren't degenerates as well which is what a, quite a few of my friends were at the time and um, I was like, you know, having having people around you that are ahead of you or or, um, or doing the same thing and everyone encourages you to, to like, no, that's, that's a great idea, that's fine. Like it's a really good way to, to break out of, your, you know, your current cycles and, and get into doing things that you want to do. A hundred percent. It's so healthy. It's just such like a – it doesn't make it feel like it takes as much energy to do the thing that you want to do like you know break out of that cycle or do something yeah. different because it's just like you're surrounded by and I love yeah watching like short films or even like with the podcast I think it's an incredible opportunity to have people so far in front of me to make the thing that I find hard not so hard oh yeah absolutely like if I hear of someone doing something freaking wild all I can think of is like I'm like I want to be around you like Fucking, so you know, I'll, I'll send a, I'll send a message or, or whatever it is, you know, like, like you would, even if it's just like, can we talk about it? Any, anything, just to, um, just to understand, you know. And then when you tell, when you tell someone who's like consistently doing wild shit, what your plans are, and you don't, you're not met with that. Oh no, no, you can't do that. It's just like immediate support because they're on the other side. You know, they've, they've done things like that, and. You know, I talk to people who've done some insane sailing trips and it's a very different response to the people who are in the marina who who have done you know, haven't done such bigger bigger trips because they've been out there, they've seen it, you know. Yeah, and they and they know yeah. they, they know that you can do it because they're like, Well, you've done this, I know you can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the way I kind of see it is like if you can build your environment in a way that like it favors what you're gonna do, it just like it makes it happen. Like if you can make your environment where you're around so many like-minded people and you've got people that have got your back and like you've changed your environment, there's almost no way that you can't do it. Like it's yeah. bound to happen. Like if you're following in those footsteps, like reaching out to those people and like making that your world, there's no way it's so much, that it's it so won't much, get to happen. Yeah, it's so much easier having people to help you, you know, and, and yeah, like-minded people to help motivate you. Like you can do it on your own, but it's tough. Um Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great way, and also you build a, a group of people that you, that you, that you really bond with, and you know, overdoing a lot of this sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think that's what it is like community and being able to share, and that's what I found like with the solitude. As much as it was good to have, and I enjoyed the fact that I got to have it, it just showed me even more how powerful it is to have people that you like share an activity with, or an idea, or like something to bond through. Yeah, and, and those people, when you tell them, is also they're, they're probably is also, yeah, you know, some of the few people that would understand what you what you went through. You know, like if someone tells me some horrific story of of something that they've done, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's <laughs> the, that's the stuff. I bet that hurt, you know. And they're like, yeah, it was so bad, and uh, <laughs> you know, and you're both on the same page, like you know, you you. I think yeah, yeah, it's a different world. And there's, there's people that, that have got, you know, a lifetime of this sort of stuff and I just I want to be around that. I want to be around those types of people and I want to be, you know, when when I, I want to be like that, you know, and encouraging people to, to get in and, and do things that are just really improbable and hard if it makes them happy, you know. Mm, yeah. Do you feel like you found it hard to be, like, to feel connected before you found, like, adventure and running the ocean? Oh, no. No, but I was I was um, geared for all the wrong the wrong things. Like I, I wish I was who I am now. Ten years ago, um, mm. it would have saved me a lot of a lot of pain. But um, you know, I think I just didn't I just didn't understand that that there was another way. You know, but and and like, don't get me wrong, it's all my own fault. Like I I just made made choices I shouldn't have made, and you know, you think it's easy at the time. But it's it's so much harder. Like it's easier now for me to just keep my training up, keep my food up, and and take care of myself than uh, than what I thought was easy back then. And uh, I just yeah, it just got it just got to a point where I had to recreate everything because clearly what I was doing wasn't working. So there wasn't any risk that I was actually taking because I'm like, this sucks. This can't continue. There is no other option. So it doesn't matter the risk that I'm taking because this cannot continue. And then through trying to forge a way forward, it was just started with baby steps. And um, and before I knew it, I just built off of everything and, you know, everything changed bit by bit. But realistically, it didn't actually take that long. Like I only pulled, I only just really started pulling things together what, seven years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's that's not that long in the scheme of things, um, and I wasted a lot of time before that. But I also got a lot done, and uh, and really, I think things started changing after only a, a short period of time, like a year or two. And uh, and I was I was running ultras, and um, yeah, I met some really incredible people through that. Isn't that fascinating? I feel like as hard as it is to go through a shit time it's sometimes a blessing at the end of it being like, well, there was no other option. Like we, w- this was not an option. We were not doing this. It's like, we cannot continue 
this way, like you've got to find another way. Whereas if yeah. you just like that slightly bit uncomfortable, you're like, no, oh, it's not ideal. Yeah. I really well, want that, but, you know. That's, that's what I think. I think the whole thing was that the best thing that ever happened um, was me, you know, taking the kids on, full, you know, full time because I just feel like my life started then. And I, I think you're, you're totally right. Like if things were okay, I probably could have just coasted for – and I, the thought of – if I'd coasted for another five years is horrendous to me because of how the last two years have gone. Mm, mm-hmm. um, well, actually, no, it's nearly three. It's been me and the kids for nearly three years. So, yeah, just um, I think sometimes when things go wrong, it's just the freaking best thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if, in hindsight, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it doesn't feel like that. But, no, um, yeah, I just I know I'm in the middle of something really incredible and it – it's, it's nice to know that, you know? Mm, I think that's super powerful. Like, as hard as it is going through something, it seems to be that if you've got the grit to, like, keep persevering, something good will come from that. Yeah, and a lot of the time, like running and like sailing um, or a lot of this stuff, you really don't have much of a choice other than to just keep pushing because, um, I mean, even, you know, with the boat, there's been times I've wanted to I've wanted to pack it in and sell the boat and I'm like, well, you're about 500 nautical miles from anywhere where that's going to be possible. So <laughs> you're going to have to suck it up a bit longer, son. <laughs> yeah, has, and- has that been hard, like, stepping away from that, like, instant gratification or instant just, like, can get things real quick, sort of done, boom, in the moment? Um, no, I, I think I definitely still try and chase things that, um, that I get a good kick out of, but... Um, but- yeah, like, but, but in terms of just like, say you want reception now, like, oh, wait, you can't get it. Like, I just find it interesting, like, yeah, coming out from the bush and then, um, being back in the suburbs for a little bit. It's like, you know, Amazon Prime, oh. you can just get it like the next, if you want oh, something, you can get it the next day. If you want something from the shops, you can get it like the next hour. Oh like, God. everything's so instant. I, I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, one, one thing is though that's completely changed our sailing is we actually now we've got Starlink, so we actually do have mm. connectivity and maps and weather, and it's made it so much safer. But yeah, yeah. the accessibility of materials, oh my god, like there is nothing <laughs> between Geraldton and Broome, and that I think is about 2,000 nautical miles. Like, if you, oh no, actually, sorry, no, you can get stuff in Karatha. But either way, like the the logistics of actually sailing that distance is is incredible. And uh, what really honed it in is like three and a half months in the Kimberley and we pull up in Darwin and there's everything just at the touch of your hands. But even Darwin's not that big of a city compared to Perth. We get back to Perth and there is just everything, everything on demand, on supply. And and I I walked into the shops and I just, I nearly had a, freaking aneurysm because <laughs> everything is so geared to get your money out of your pocket and into theirs, which I don't begrudge anyone, you know, running a business and uh, and and trying to do well in that regard. But, you know, you got to be so switched on to see what's happening to you every time you walk into these places because, like, it was just – I mean, I felt like buying everything in sight. And <laughs> I see a woman walking, walking, walking through the shops and she's got a, a life-size – gnome for a garden with a solar panel on the top and this thing's about half a meter tall and i just thought i thought lady you don't need that gnome you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like like my my needs are like i want food power and water 
you know, and and everything outside of that is experiences and, and like stuff for the boat. And yeah, it's it's really uh, really need based because also we you know we've got bugger all money, so we have to make it work. But you know, I think so many people are crippled by the way that everything is geared that you just throw money and you throw money like they're you know your wages could go so much further. But then and now with like inflation, like it's it's gone absolutely cocoa bananas and everyone really is struggling and I think um, trying to hone, yeah, ration things a bit more. But, mm. yeah, the accessibility of materials in the in the cities is wild. You can have any, yeah. anything you want at any time. And I don't think you realise until you step away and then go back in just how much there is. Yeah, and also how little you need. Yeah. You know, we moved on to the boat with, um, with such – I mean, I just left everything and, and we had um, – we had I had a, a small hatchback's worth of like clothes and stuff like that, and then we got onto the boat, and it's a you know it was a, it was so good because that that boat was like you know that was home, and we um and we made it home, but um I just couldn't believe like you just you don't need much, and you you also can start again like it's 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 really manageable just to toss it all in and start over. Mm. Yeah, crazy. What are your what do your kind of resupply look like? Like, say you've done, you know, you're getting low and you're going to pull in to resupply. What does that look like? Um, a lot of beef, a lot of beef. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um, I've absolutely love barbecuing, especially like out in beautiful places. Like, um, I just love it. So we eat as much red meat as we can. Um, but obviously, like you've got to keep that frozen. So, I, I. I definitely have to get other stuff, but I just I, don't, I try not to buy too much crap because it's so expensive, and then you end up, um, you know, it's gone within a very short period of time. So if we have a big sale, I'll get snacks for the for the sales um, to keep the kids off my back, and then just a ton of coffee, a ton of beef, ton of fruit, and a heap of muesli bars as well because that um, that keeps the the kids going. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, water supplies. We've got a water maker now, so we won't have to worry about that in the future. And I guess anything that's breaking or falling apart, we try and pick that up as well. And then it's, yeah. you know, then we can we can go months without having to uh, having to come back in if we don't if we don't want to. Like, you know, you can spear in the Montes and have fish every second night. Yeah, wow, that seems pretty yeah doable. Like that's pretty doable, and it doesn't seem to be too stressful in terms of like logistics and thinking when you say do a resupply and stuff making sure that you've got all the safety cover enough for your food and water like is that a big thing that is on your mind or you're able to find like a system that works now yeah i mean we also we also generally try and sail and have other people nearby so if if something was to really drastically go wrong like yeah. you know people have just been so lovely with us and um i, I didn't realize how how yeah, you know, how much of a community it was out there because you're all out there doing the same thing and and people are just they're so so happy to to come together and help. But um yeah, no, you can you can really manage it quite well. And we've got a lot of time to do it as, as well. So it's not too stressful. And now that I know the West Coast, I know the places where I can get everything I need as well. Yeah, that's definitely a big help, I think, not being in the unknown so much. Because I I feel like that would be a big thing on my mind like have I got enough is this like actually like you know oh you can't God. really just duck back to the shops to get a second thing of it no no and, <laughs> and you know what every single time I've gone somewhere I've not had something or something's broken immediately after 
Isn't it um, always the way? <laughs> yeah, and like I had a mate um, who was cruising around with his um, with his dog, and uh, he fixed a prop on my on my outboard like three times for me. You know, like drilled drilled some holes and put some bolts in there so the whole thing didn't fall apart. And um, yeah, you can you can, you can get through most of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that bloody amazing to hear how you've been able to find a solution? I think that actually makes you really happy and is giving an amazing perspective to the kids. It's been so yeah, so privileged to have a chat with you and for you to share, I guess, what it's been a bit like on on the boat and just, you know, through life. Yeah, thanks. I, I will say just on that note um, mm-hmm. that I think, you know, like a lot of the time I have a knot in my stomach, you know, with, with things that are, you know, that I'm, thinking about or concerned about or whatever, but I don't think it's the answer to not have that, like that all the, the stresses and the things that make it hard. I think, um, I think they're so important for the purpose. I don't think you get the purpose without that and without the struggle. So yeah, it's been, it's been awesome, but I think that's where we get so much enjoyment from what we do is the fact that it is difficult and it, um, it takes a lot to manage. Mm, yeah. hundred percent. That's yeah. Really well said. I think it's not, yeah. About making life just like, pretty and breezy I think there's something that in the duality of the pain and the perseverance through it that makes everything else so much better oh yeah and then you find yourself on some white sandy beach and the water's calm and the boat's safe and you're you're shooting fish and having fish and rice for lunch and it's just like it is so valuable because of what you do to to make that work you know it's everything everything everything's heightened so no I think that'll be us for a while I reckon well, that just sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thanks so much for, for jumping on and having, having a chat. Yeah, no problem. Thanks very much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Elise. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode. Feel free to like the page to keep up to date with new episodes and share it on socials so others can listen in and hear from some incredible people around passion, purpose, and persistence.